take as the only point today, point number 163, insha'Allah, point number 163, the saying of At-Tahawi, rahimahullah, وَنَأْتَبِئُ السُنَّةَ وَالْجَمَاعَةَ وَنَجْتَنِبُ الشُّذُوذَ وَالْخِلَافَ وَالْفُرْقَةَ And we follow the sunnah and the jama'ah and we avoid separation and disagreement and splitting. And to repeat that, and we follow the sunnah and the jama'ah, the united body of Muslims upon the truth. And we avoid separation and disagreement and splitting. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, Hafidhullah, this is a tremendous principle from the fundamental principles of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah. And it is Ittiba'u Sunnat al Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, He alayhi salatu wa salam said, فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسَيْرَ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ مِنْ بَعْدِي تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَا وَعَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْتَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْتَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ said for whoever lives long amongst you will see great disagreeing so adhere to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa after me cling on to that and bite upon it with your molar teeth and beware of newly introduced affairs. For every newly introduced affair is an innovation, a bid'ah. And every innovation is misguidance. And every misguidance, every act of misguidance is in the fire. In a footnote they mention, this is reported by Abu Dawood and At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. And it's declared authentic by Shaykh al-Albani and it's from a hadith of Al-Irbab Ibn Sariyah radiallahu an, part of a famous long, longer hadith. From a hadith of Al-Irbab Ibn Sariyah who said that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us a very eloquent address, khutbah and it was, it, it was as if it was a final address and it was such that the hearts trembled and the eyes shed tears to the, to the end of the hadith and amongst it the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this whoever lives long amongst you will see great differing 
so adhere to my sunnah until the end of the hadith was mentioned. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, so when he commanded with the sunnah, he forbade innovation. At the same time as the Prophet commanded with the sunnah, then he forbade from bid'ah, forbade from innovation. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, and al-bid'ah, innovation, is ma uhditha fi dini mimma laysa minhu. Innovation is whatever is newly introduced into the religion which was not from it. And then he gives an evidence for this, for this definition of innovation. That which, was newly, that which has been newly innovated or newly introduced into the religion which was not previously part of it. Had not used to be part of it. He said, in accordance with his, alayhi salatu wassalam, saying, man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahuwa rad. Whoever does an action which our affair is not in accordance with, then it is rejected. In a footnote they mention, this hadith is reported by Muslim and also reported by Al-Bukhari with the wording مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ فِيهِ فَهُوَ رَدٌ Whoever introduces into this affair of ours that which is not in it, then it will be rejected. And it's a hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. Then Shaykh al-Fawzan said, And every act of worship and every deed by which a person seeks to draw closer to Allah and which does not have a proof from the book nor from the sunnah, then it is a bid'ah, it is an innovation. So this is an important clarification of the definition of bid'ah that the Sheikh, Sheikh went on to say. Every act of worship, every ibadah, and every deed which a person does to seek to draw closer to Allah and it does not have a proof from the book nor from the sunnah, then it is a bid'ah. So he clarified the point, an act which is done to as worship, an act done to seek nearness to Allah. That, if it does not have a proof from the book of the Sunnah, then it is a bid'ah. Because as a side point, there's some foolish people, they start saying, what about you people driving cars, and you do this, and you, you use lights, and so on, you, you use microphones. Then the, the point is that these are matters of the dunya. These are not matters by which you, which you do seeking nearness to Allah. Rather, an innovation is that, an act, which a person does seeking nearness to Allah by that act, seeking to get reward from doing that action, seeking nearness to Allah. Then, if that action does not have a proof from the book of the Sunnah, as the Shaykh said, فَهُوَ bid'ah, Then it is an innovation. Then he said, 
and even if the person doing it has the intention of drawing closer to Allah then still he is only distancing himself away from Allah it's not an excuse that a person says but this thing what I'm doing I'm only doing it to get reward from Allah I'm only doing this act to get closer to Allah how can it be something wrong and the Sheikh said even if the person doing it is intending to draw closer to Allah then still he is only distancing himself from Allah and he will not be rewarded for it rather he may be punished so the sunnah is that which is supported by a proof from the book or the sunnah in other words it's not enough that a person has a good intention and tends to draw close to Allah it doesn't make what he's doing correct it doesn't make it the sunnah and it doesn't mean he'll get reward then Shaykh Fawzan said and the innovations al-bid'ah are very many so the people introduce many innovations so innovations should not be agreed to nor should they be acted upon no matter what they are and no matter who they come from so he makes an important point there and no matter who no matter what the innovation is and no matter who it was behind it they should not be supported nor should they be acted upon then he said he gives an example and from the innovations is what is done with regard to celebrating the birthday of the Prophet then it is an innovation, a bid'ah. It does not have proof from the book, nor from the sunnah, nor from the way of the rightly guided khulafa, nor from the way of the most excellent generations, in whose favour Allah's Messenger wasallam, bore witness to their goodness. meaning the first three generations the companions, the tabi'een and the atba' or tabi'een and Shaykh Fawzan said for this celebrating the birthday of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa it's not supported by either the Qur'an nor by a hadith nor by the, four, the practice of the four khulafah nor by any of the first three generations he said rather it was introduced after these generations when ignorance became widespread and the first ones who introduced celebrating the birthday are the Shia Al-Fatimiyun are the Fatimid Shia they're the first ones who introduced this practice of celebrating the birthday of the Prophet the Fatimid Shia And then it was taken up by some heedless ones who ascribed themselves to 
the people of the Sunnah. Based upon good intentions and desiring good and claiming that it is a part of the love of the Messenger and that is not from loving him. I mean, that's what they claimed. And they still claim that why they're celebrating the birthday of the Prophet they say it shows our love of him. Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, and that is not from love of him. Rather, Al-Mahabba, rather love, is by ittiba. Love is by following. La lal ibtida. Innama al-Mahabbatu bil ittiba. Lal ibtida. He said, loving is, or loving is expressed through following, not through innovating. In love of the Prophet, if a person loves him, he should follow him, as he's been commanded to do. It's not shown by innovating. Then he quotes two lines of poetry. Ta'sil ilaha wa anta taz'umu hubbahu. هذا لعمري في القياس شنيئه لو كان حبك صادقا لأطعته إن المحب لمن يحب مطيئه These two lines of poetry which can be translated roughly like You act in disobedience to the one who is worshipped You act a person commenting upon a person who acts, acts in disobedience to Allah you disobey the one who is worshipped and yet you claim that you love him. This upon my life when the two are compared is something abominable. If your love were true you would have obeyed him. Indeed, one who loves obeys the one he loves. You, you disobey the one who is worshipped and you still claim to love him. This upon my life when the two are compared is something abominable. If your love were true and sincere you would have obeyed him. Because one who loves obeys the one he loves. Then Shaykh Al-Fawzan said So the sign of true love is Al-Ittiba' The sign of a person truly loves the Prophet wasallam. The sign of true love is following him al-ittiba and as for innovating then that is a sign of dislike and he explains that why is, dis- is innovating a sign that a person actually has some dislike for the Prophet Sheikh Al-Fazan explains it he said Because the Prophet ﷺ warned against bid'ah, he warned against innovation. And then you are reviving it and introducing it. So the meaning of that, the meaning of that is that you dislike the sunnah. And if you dislike the sunnah, then you dislike the messenger. Obviously, upon the, based upon the point that Sunnah and Bid'ah are two opposites. As is shown by the hadith of Al-Irbadi Mansariya that Shaykh al mentioned, the Prophet commanded the one 
and forbade the other, commanded to sun, adherence to sunnah, and forbade its opposite, forbade innovation. So Sheikh Fawzan made the point here that loving and reviving innovation shows you dislike the sunnah. And if you dislike the sunnah, you dislike the messenger. Then he said, so if you truly desire good, then repent to Allah and turn back. And as for remaining obstinate and being haughty, then this is just choosing something evil for yourself. And those people who remain upon innovation. Then he said, And likewise we adhere to the jama'ah. And we, sep- we avoid separation. Shudud. Commenting upon the next part of Bahawi's speech. He said, Shaykh Fawzan said, And likewise we adhere to the jama'ah. And we avoid separation. So we do not come with an action. Nor with a saying. Which is something strange and irregular which the action of the Muslims is not upon, nor their saying. We don't come with an action which the action of the Muslims is not upon, nor with a saying that the saying of the Muslims is not upon. He said, since this splits the unity and introduces enmity. So, as long as the Muslims proceed upon the methodology of the book and the sunnah, then we do not abandon what they are upon in favour of an irregular and strange saying. So, shudud, separation and disagreements are not allowed. Disagreements or argumentation are, is not allowed. Shaykh like said separation and mukhalafat. Disagreements are not allowed. And all praises for Allah. The Muslims seek for the truth. And as for when they have consensus, ijma', when the Muslims have consensus, total agreement upon something, then he quotes the hadith. إن الله تعالى لا يجمع أمتي على ضلالة. Then when, when that's the case that the Muslims are agreed upon something in consensus, ijma, then the Prophet ﷺ said, "Allah the Most High will not unite my ummah upon misguidance. Allah the Most High will not unite my ummah upon misguidance." In a footnote, they mention. This is reported by Tirmidhi and it's from a hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma and declared sahih, authentic by Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah. Then Shaykh al-Fawzan moves on to give an example of that which is shad, that which is strange and irregular and he said so even a hadith which is reported in one way with a chain of narration which is authentic. However, it contains a contradiction 
to something which is more authentic than it, then it is called a hadith which is shadh. It is called a narration which is shadh, irregular and incorrect, with the people of hadith. So the Shaykh gives an example for that which is avoiding that which is shadh. He said, even a hadith which is a chain of, narr- chain of narration, the people are reliable in it, but the re- what's contained in the report at the end. It contradicts something which is more authentic. Then that narration, that singular narration, is called shahad, irregular and incorrect. And so is not acted upon. Then he said, so attention must be given to these affairs. And we do not dig up sayings and actions, sayings and actions which have been abandoned and write in support of them and cause trouble for the people in the affairs of their religion we don't seek to dig out things which things which have been abandoned don't have evidence we dig them out and try and revive them and cause trouble to the people strange strangely regular things we don't do that and he said and ash-shudud separation is to contradict what the united body, the jama'ah of the Muslims, is upon. He gives a definition there of what shudud means. What it means, separation, what does it mean? It is to contradict what the jama'ah of the Muslims are upon. I mean, the united body of the Muslims upon the truth, to contradict what they are upon, is shudud, is separation. And then he explains the other word, the next word that Tahawi mentions we avoid, and we avoid khilaf, disagreement. So Shaykh Fawzan said, and al-khilaf, disagreement, is the opposite of ittifaq, is the opposite of agreement. And he mentions the last word that Tahawi mentions we avoid, al-furqa, splitting. Shaykh Fawzan said, and al-furqa, splitting, is the opposite of al-ijtima' being united and he goes back to the first word and ash-shudud separation is the opposite of ittilaf being in harmony to, being in harmony together shudud separation is the opposite of being in harmony together and as for searching out for that which is shurd as for deliberately searching out that which is strange and irregular. Then, this is to claim that the Imams were astray and ignorant. I mean, the Imams of this Ummah from the past, you're seeking out something contrary, strange, irregular, something different to what they were upon. Then, as the Sheikh said, then what you're doing, you're seeking out something claiming this is the truth, something strange and irregular. He said, this is to claim that the Imams were astray and ignorant. And have you been given greater knowledge than their knowledge? And have you been granted knowledge in particular, which they did not reach? And this has led some people in these later times, when ignorance has become widespread, 
what has led them to do this, in the seeking after that which is irregular and strange and contrary to what the imams of the past are upon, he said, these times when ignorance has become widespread and mostly that will appear from in an individual who is a false claimant to knowledge and who is not a scholar. Who will usually do this? Seek out these strange, irregular things, dig them out, which have been dead for years. No, no scholars act, act upon these things without evidence. Then he said, this will usually only be done by a person who is a claimant to knowledge, a false claimant to knowledge, who is not a scholar. And who has not studied the correct aqidah and fiqh. Rather, he has just taught himself and begun attributing to the religion of Allah that which is not from it. And this is a musibah. This is a tribulation. This is a calamity. Well, this is a calamity. So, al-ilm, knowledge, is not anarchy. Knowledge is not anarchy. Rather, it requires regulating principles and fiqh, deep knowledge, and understanding. And that's where Sheikh Fawzan ends explanation on this point. And just in addition, then Ibn Abil Iz, just a small addition, Ibn Abil Iz, Rahimullah, in his explanation about Tahawiyyah, he brings a phrase of explanation of the term as-sunnah and the term al-jama'ah. And he said, as-sunnah, the sunnah, is the way of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And al-jama'ah, obviously it's a term which is misused by a number of people, the term the jama'ah. They claim that their little, their little group, that is the jama'ah of the Muslims. So Ibn Abil Iz said, and the jama'ah, means the jama'ah of the Muslims, the united body of the Muslims. And then he explains, who are they? What is meant by the jama'ah? He said, and they are the companions and the tabi'oon, those who follow them upon goodness until the day of judgment. That's what's meant by the jama'ah. The companions. Al-jama'ah is the companions and whoever followed them upon goodness until the day of resurrection. So following them is guidance and differing with them is misguidance. Allah the Most High said to His Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Surah Al-Imran The third surah, Ayah 31 With the explanation Say, if you truly love Allah, then follow me. Follow the Prophet ﷺ. Then Allah will love you and forgive you your sins. And Allah is the oft forgiving, the one who bestows mercy. He said, and he quotes another ayah in support of following, following the jama'ah, following the way of the companions. He said, and he said, وَمَنْ يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَىٰ وَيَأْتَبِئَ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُصْلِهِ جَهَنَّمْ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا Surah Al-Nisa, 
fourth surah, ayah 115. With the explanation, and whoever contends with the messenger, or whoever opposes the messenger, after the clear guidance has become clear to him, and he follows a way other than the way of the believers, then we will land him in the course he has chosen, and burn him in the hellfire, and what an evil destination. And the Shaykh continues to bring other ayahs as well in that regard. So establishing that Jama'ah is, first and foremost, what the companions are upon, and then what those who followed them upon goodness, following them, they also form the Jama'ah. And as a final point, something that Shaykh al-Albani brings as a small point, because some people, they say that a saying, if a scholar takes a saying, based upon authentic evidence, but it's something rare, it's something the majority don't follow, then they say, this is shudud, this is separation, you can't do that, you've got to follow the majority. If you don't follow the majority, you're doing, you're doing shudud. So Sheikh Albani responds to that and says, this is not correct. Shudud, separation, doesn't mean going against the majority. When you, as long as you have an evidence, authentic evidence, this is not shudud. So he said, Sheikh Albani said in his notes, his small notes, he said, where at Tahawi said, we avoid shudud, we avoid separation. Shaykh al-Albani said, meaning separating away from the sunnah and opposing the jama'ah who are the salaf. They are the jama'ah. As you have known. And it is not at all a case of shudud, a case of separation, that a Muslim chooses a saying. In a matter where there has been disagreement that he chooses one of the sayings because of an evidence because of an evidence which necessitates it to him. Even if the Jumhur, even if the majority holds something different. This is not counted just because the majority say something different and a a minority of scholars say something with evidence, then taking the view of the minority of scholars is not shudud, is not separation. As long as it's got evidence. Sheikh said, contrary to what some people falsely think. So there is not in the book, nor in the sunnah, a proof that everything which the majority are upon is more correct. Everything. He says, not, there's no evidence in the book of the Sunnah to show that everything which the majority upon is correct. More correct than those who disagreed with them. When no proof is found for the matter. Then he said, yes, if the Muslims are agreed upon something. There's no disagreement, the Muslims are agreed upon a matter. There's no disagreement which is known between them. Then it becomes obligatory to follow it. Because of the saying of he, the Most High, and the Shaykh Albani quotes that same ayah from Surah Nisa, the fourth surah, ayah 115. Whoever contends with the Messenger, after the guidance has become clear to him, 
and follows a way other than that than that of the believers then we will land him in the course he has chosen and burn him in the fire and want an evil destination and as a side point Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah then he used the same ayah as a proof for ijma' the same matter Shaykh Al-Bani is mentioning here this ayah is a proof for the ijma' of the Muslims being true the part whoever follows a way other than that of the believers when, as Shaykh Al-Bani said when the, believe, when the Muslims are agreed upon something it becomes obligatory to follow it then he said however when there is disagreement then what is obligatory in that case is to refer back to the book and the sunnah and then whoever the truth becomes apparent to he should follow it and whoever it does not become clear to what is correct then he should seek the verdict the correct verdict with his heart whether it be in agreement with the majority or contrary to that and I do not think that anyone will be able to always be a follower of the majority in everything where the truth is not apparent rather sometimes it will be with the majority of scholars and sometimes not in accordance with how the person feels satisfied with the matter and how his heart is satisfied he said and, the, and Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa spoke truly when he said seek the verdict of your heart even if those who give you verdicts give you a verdict otherwise hadith Sheikh Albani declares Hassan in Sahih al-Jami even if in your heart you ask for a verdict and you think what you're doing in your heart you think that you're doing something wrong and you ask a verdict and somebody tells you it's okay what you're doing but you still your heart doesn't feel that what is, is right then then act upon what is clear from your heart Walhamdulillah wa sallallahu ala muhammad Shaykh Albani mentions as evidence obviously quoting the point here that if, if in a matter where the truth is not, not clear then seek out what seek, refer back and where the scholars differ about a matter then refer back to the book and the sunnah and if still no evidence it's not clear what the evidence supports this saying or that saying Sheikh said refer back obviously with sincerity refer back to your heart don't just take the easy route out with sincerity refer back and he quotes the hadith seek the verdict of your heart seek the verdict of your heart even if those who give verdicts give you a verdict otherwise obviously an example of that is a case where you basically can, you feel that something's wrong but you find somebody who will, who will say it's okay what you're doing but you still you don't feel what you that it's correct then the hadith Wallahu a'lam. Reported by Al-Bukhari in his Tariq Al-Kabir and Shaykh Alban described this hadith as being Hassan good. I was describing things which are not clear from the evidence, not clear from the book or from the Sunnah then. If it's clear from the book or the Sunnah then that's, that's it. Shaykh Alban was mentioning this hadith in the context of things where there's no clear evidence from the book or the Sunnah and it's a matter where the scholars have differed. Some hold one saying and some hold another saying in those matters
in that case a person should with sincerity seek to, to find what he holds to be closest to the truth.